everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. My practical yet spiritual approach to getting emotionally naked and attracting what I call a guardian of your soul will be music to your ears. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. I'm Lisa Shield. And I'm Benjamin Shield. And we are the Shields. <laughs> it is so lovely to see you. It is a beautiful, sunny yeah. spring day here, which is amazing. I think it's going to get up to the in, the in the 70s, babe. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that happened quickly. So today we are going to talk about a topic that came from one of our viewers, and it's how to maintain your self-identity in relationships. So how do you not get lost? You know, a lot of you are anxious daters. You get extremely excited when you meet somebody and you lose yourself. This is a very, very, very common occurrence. So the first thing to look at, babe, is just anxiety. Right. You know, a lot of women, I know that there are also men who are very anxious, but really probably predominantly women are the anxious daters, or am I wrong about that? Well, in my practice in Los Angeles, where I practiced 39 years before we moved to Santa Fe, I would say that the primary malady, you know, beyond headaches or back pain or foot issues was anxiety. Mm -hmm. People came in with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that takes them out of their present moment. It also takes them out of the right state of mind mm -hmm. where they're more likely to listen to what in your emotionally naked dating course you would call the frenemy as right. opposed to the naked dater. Yeah. With the anxiety, we tend to hear those more negative troubling thoughts rather than the better angels of our nature. Mm -hmm. Right. And so one of the biggest issues with getting into a relationship is that people are primarily driven by anxiety and hormones. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the way we've been taught that relationships happen is you meet somebody, you, fa you know, you fall in love and supposedly you live happily ever uh -huh. after. Uh -huh. Right. And so we're talking about losing your identity Number one, if we're being driven by our hormones and our anxiety, that leads us to have sex too quickly, right? And to merge with somebody who is not necessarily a viable partner. So once we become sexually or chemically bonded, then we start to lose ourselves because we lose our autonomy. We lose our sense of self. We also, as women, we give all of our control up too mm. quickly to a man who has not yet proven himself. We don't even know who this man is. And now suddenly we're sexually and chemically bonded to him. Yeah. I remember something Lynn Andrews, who wrote Medicine Woman years ago, she would talk about how a man is attracted to a woman because a woman is his teacher. A woman can offer a man things that, and, and teach a man things that he can't get from anywhere else. Like what? Well, uh, first, masculinity. Mm -hmm. You know, that if a woman is in her femininity, then a man can be in his masculinity. And if a woman is grounded and nurturing, it teaches a man who may not have grown up with those ideals how 
mm-hmm. or at least what it's like or how to coexist with a partner who has that. And so often a man will fall in love with a woman for her ability as a teacher. And then when the woman becomes involved in the relationship, she begins to give up those things Mm. and she loses that. And the man begins to feel that sense of loss and even resentment because this isn't the woman he fell in love with. And then she begins to feel a sense of loss and grief because she has given up that important part of herself. Right. She doesn't know who she is anymore. She's lost her power and... And self-respect. And self-respect. And so then her self-esteem is gone. And what you're highlighting, I think one of the ways to maintain your self-identity in a relationship is to move slowly and to Mm -hmm. understand both the gifts you bring as an individual... Mm -hmm. right? As a woman, as a person, what are your unique gifts? And then what are your gifts as a woman other than your sexuality? I know for myself, I'll be completely honest. I didn't know what I had to offer a man. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the nature of men and women. And I didn't know what I had to offer a man except sex. And so I spent a lot of my energy telling myself, especially when I was growing up, I mean, today, you know, sexuality, we're much more liberated and all. But when I grew up, the pill was new. It was brand new. And the ability to control our reproductive system and you know, have choice and whatever, that was all very new back then. Mm-hmm. And we were still coming off of being raised by mothers where you didn't have sex before you got married or, you know, my mother was more liberal, but I developed this self-concept that I was a liberated woman and that because of that, men desire, you know, Mm -hmm. I was desirable to men and I was willing to engage in sexual relationships Mm -hmm. with men And because I didn't understand that there was so much more to a relationship than that. So I I, I really did pride myself on being able to be sexual and enjoy sex and all, which is, by the way, a wonderful thing. Women should feel great about being sexual beings. And we have as much right to say we want sex and we enjoy sex as men do. But what I was missing was that men would have sex with me. And it wasn't just because I was having sex, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't engaging with them Mm -hmm. in any other way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand all the other gifts that women bring. Yeah. And it's, it's engaging. It's also attracting, you know, when we are fully into our identity And by identity, I mean the good part of identity, not the masks we have and and the facades, the personas, but the identity of kindness, of intelligence, of generosity, of adventureness. Of uh, grace. Exactly. Beauty. Uh And I don't mean just external beauty. One of our clients today sent us. Oh, my. Oh, my God. We're still on a high. (laughs) She is in our mastermind. Our fingers are crossed, but I think we knocked this one out of the ballpark. (laughs) This is a woman who has struggled with her identity and her feeling beautiful. And she met the handsomest man. The two of them look like they belong together. And her beauty. Oh, my God. She has become so 
gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And I mean, she's always been gorgeous. Anybody who knows her, this is a woman with a billion friends and not because, you know, she collects friends, but because people love her. Mm -hmm. She is amazing. But when we looked at these pictures, she is gorgeous. So I'm talking about the beauty that radiates from the inside that every woman possesses. Mm -hmm. Every woman every woman, but I didn't know how to do that. And so, you know, I gave my, my sexuality away Mm -hmm. and my sexual power. And then once that happened, I didn't feel like I had anything else to offer a man. I couldn't hold a man's attention or I could only hold it for so long with sex. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men, you know, if it happens too soon, they know to get the hell out of Dodge too quickly anyway, because they know a woman's going to attach to them and there's nothing there. Yeah. And anxiety precludes us men and women from really expressing our truest nature. It's like a radio station and anxiety is static and we can't really hear the station. And without the anxiety and we just tune in and we could hear everything beautifully. So the anxiety just interferes with mm-hmm. with that communication. Anxiety breeds anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if a oh. woman or man feels anxious, they not only preclude their own identity, uh, occlude it, but they create anxiety in the other person where they also obfuscate their inner being. Right. And so now we have two holograms that aren't the real people crossing mm-hmm. each other at a Starbucks and it goes nowhere. So it's first recognizing, am I in the present moment? Can I feel my breath? Can I feel my seat on the chair? Can I be with this person as much of 100% as I can? Mm -hmm. And sharing what I feel is safe with the person sitting across from us. And can I let go of the desire to be liked? You know, can I just be in the moment and allow this to flow? Someone that is in our program was going into a date and she really, really, really liked this guy and was very afraid. You know, she was so excited, rightfully so. He's darling. And she said, Lisa, what do I do? And I said, you just have to trust the moment. You have no control over where this is going to go. Somebody will like you or not like you. And you want somebody who just sees who you are and says, oh, my God, her. And we have to just surrender into the moment and let go, like you said, be in the present moment and know, as Don Miguel said, you know, people are going to judge you according to their own filters, their own life experience, their own failed relationships. And so you have no control over how somebody is going to see you. But you want somebody like I know we did some some beautiful work together. And in one of those sessions that we did. I looked at you and I thought, oh, my God, Hmm. he sees all of me, all of me. And sometimes he sees more of me than I can see because I'm so in my life and I'm struggling or I'm dealing with my challenges. And you see me going through all of that and you choose to love me. You just choose to love me. You don't criticize me. You don't tell me how I could do it better or how I should have done it differently. You always see me with eyes of love, right? But I found a partner who could do that with me. Yeah. Yeah. And we've created this beautiful interdependence. Yes. 
not a codependence, not a what was autonomous the, or, or an mm, independent relationship. Right, so there's independent, um, there's codependent, and then there's interdependent. And codependence would be well. Codependence is where two people are limping through life together, and you're each other. You're like crutches, mm-hmm. right? You're my crutch, and I'm your crutch, mm-hmm. and we're not taking personal responsibility for ourselves. And it and goes our nowhere. No, it goes nowhere. In fact, those relationships can be very long and very drawn out. Mm-hmm. And in codependent relationships, we think that our The other person is responsible for our happiness. And so a lot of codependents are people pleasers. They're giving up their autonomy and their own identity, trying to mold themselves and twist themselves into who they think the other person wants them to be and vice versa. And there's some fear in that also. Not some fear. (laughs) Please. It's a a very Mm fear-based relationship that you can't live without each other. In fact, in an addictive paradigm, codependency is an addiction. It is an addiction to other people. In fact, I, you know, I come from a very codependent history where I didn't know who I was. And so I was always looking to other people for a sense of self, for a sense of who I was, because I never got that in my family. I never really got that unconditional positive regard. What is it that Carl Rogers talks about? Mm -hmm. I never received that from my family. And so I get that with you. You you mirror back to me who I am Mm -hmm. all the time. And you do that in a very positive way. But I was looking all around me and I had no sense of self. And so in my first marriage, I felt like he needed me because he was a pathological liar and he had chronic money issues. And so I felt like he needed me for money and to sustain our relationship that way. And I was dependent on him for companionship, for a partnership. I mean, we we really were needy with each other. You and I are not needy. There's no neediness here. But Back to our topic, which is how do we maintain our autonomy in a relationship? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing is don't get sexual right away Mm -hmm. because that's going to create an immediate bond with somebody. Uh, And with that immediate bond, they have to pretend. And by pretending, they're no longer in their true personality. They Mm -hmm. lose some of themselves because they're scrambling to create something that started prematurely. Yeah. Yeah. The second thing is look at your anxiety and what drives your anxiety because you've got to get a handle on that. And one of the great books, Attached, Mm -hmm. talks about attachment styles, attachment theory. I know so many people who have read that book, but they didn't really apply it. Many of the women who are now in END, Emotionally Naked Dating, which is our 12-week course, they will say to me on a breakthrough call, oh, well, I've already read that book or I have that book in my library. I think I skimmed it or whatever. This is not a book you skim. And this isn't even a book you read once. You may read this book several times. Right. And you haven't gotten it until you slap your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. Now I see. Yeah. Now I see what I've been doing. Now I see the relationships I've been in. Now I see why this didn't work. Now I see the pattern of the partner I've, I've been looking for, which has been going down blind alleys and ending up in disaster. 
Yeah. So it's not just about getting attachment theory and saying, okay, there's three attachment styles and, oh, I tend to be this. And most Mm -hmm. of my partners have been that or whatever. You have to then start practicing and learning what is a secure attachment? How do I start dating and then going out into the dating world and looking at my reactivity? One of the beauties of dating, which I think is a godsend, most people don't want to think about this, but I think it's a godsend is that you want to start to allow your reactivity to come up and then you want to start doing some work, some Mm. self processing work to start to look at what am I reacting to? What is it that I need to give myself that I'm trying to get from men? Mm -hmm. How do I create my own internal peace and tranquility? And to see, you know, oh, he ghosted me and I feel myself going into a negative spiral. What do I need to tell myself? How can I use the voice of love instead of the voice of fear and switch those tapes? So in our work, in our program, that is one of the foundational principles in our course is how to start to look at your anxiety and switch the voice in your head that's driving the anxiety to a much more calm and soothing voice, you know, so that you can get a handle on that anxiety and not keep dating as an anxious dater. Yeah. I think one of the responses we get is that I no longer feel anxious. Yeah. Or I got ghosted and, you know, I didn't take it personally. So what? You know, I dodged a bullet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And this is a recurring theme. One of the, the many, many, many things people get from your program, but really having that clarity and not being pulled in. Yeah. And not being pulled in. As soon as someone just grabs us by the collar and pulls us in, we become anxious, but also along with anxiety, it's coexisting with insecurity. And when there's insecurity, we no longer feel grounded. We or, no attractive. Longer, or attractive. Or mm-hmm. attractive. Or attractive. Part of how we attract somebody is by feeling self-confident, by feeling attractive, by feeling in control, mm-hmm. not of the other person, but of our own reactivity and emotions and who we're being. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at how to maintain autonomy in a relationship. And another thing that we mentioned was under understanding the opposite sex, understanding men and what they're looking for from us in relationships and vice versa, what we have to offer a man that he can't get anywhere else and beginning to own those qualities, you know, within ourselves that we know we can bring that are unique to cultivate those qualities, which we do in the course. We teach our women how to cultivate these beautiful qualities and mirror a man's masculinity back to him. Mm -hmm. And also to understand what we need from men. Mm -hmm. We give our women a voice and teach them how to ask for what they need and want, because that also drives the anxiety. Oh, absolutely. They'll keep, not they, but people will keep acting out inappropriately in a way to try to get what they need when it could be said so simply and from the heart. And when people ask from the heart and ask very simply and say, this is what I need. Can you do this? Can we do this together? Or it turns me on when, or I love it when. Yeah. As opposed to being, yeah, why didn't you (laughs) being reactive or here, here you go again, or why don't you ever? Or you should. Yeah. Words are going to either bring people together or be a weapon that brings people apart. 
coming from our true selves, the simplicity of communication. The communication brings people together from insecurity, anxiety, reactiveness. It becomes a weapon that draws people apart. Well, and I, I also think one of the ways of maintaining your identity in relationship, believe it or not, is learning the real art of being emotionally naked and vulnerable. Oh. Because if you're putting on a false front or you're trying to pretend or you're wearing a mask or whatever, first of all, there's no real connection. So you're longing for a connection that can't really happen. You're angry at the other person because you have expectations of what you want, but you're not being vulnerable enough to share with this authentically with this person, not just you know, getting your needs met, but you're not really allowing that person to see, hey, I don't have it all together. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I I did make a mistake here or yeah. I didn't handle the situation well. And then it allows your partner to say, God, I'm so sorry that that happened. But it allows us to feel supported. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways, if you think about it, you know, there's that bridge, you know, where two people lean in. Mm -hmm. And if you put your full weight, you find the balance. Mm -hmm. But if one person mm -hmm. pulls mm -hmm. away, you fall. Right. If you don't allow your partner to give you that beautiful support and you're not giving him that support, then, you know, you don't feel the integrity and the strength of the relationship. And so you lose yourself because you fall. You're not, you're not supported. He's not mm -hmm. supported. Yeah. There's got to be an openness and a vulnerability so that your partner can open up to you and feel supported by you and you by him. Mm -hmm. But that's where you get that balance that creates a feeling of strength and autonomy because you feel supported yeah. and loved and, and seen. And there is as much strength in femininity mm -hmm. as there is in masculinity. You know, it's just a different form of strength, but it needs to be an equal amount of strength, which means not coming on strong, but living within one's femininity, living within one's masculinity. It begins to build on each other when a woman is truly in her femininity. It helps a man that his masculinity be expressed in the best possible way and vice versa. That's why we need one of the reasons we need each other. You know, it's interesting as you're talking and it's a bit of a di digression, but I love the way you express your masculinity. I love it. It strengthens my femininity. Mm -hmm. I think what we don't really realize is it's a dance that a man and a woman do together. The way I respect you and admire you and encourage you and give you beautiful feedback about the ways I see you show up in the world, mm -hmm. the way I see you express your masculinity, it brings it even more forward. It strengthens all of that within you. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. And that in turn makes me feel great, yeah. you know, about the woman that I am. Yeah. So there's that. But what we do in terms of our autonomy is I'm not trying to be the man in this relationship. Right. Yeah. I don't do that. Right. I hand that over to you. And I am in turn invested with being a woman. That's where we're not crossing over, where we know our boundaries and we know the roles we choose to take within the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think one of the things that help create our autonomy and interdependence in the relationship is that some people are afraid to ask for the space they need. Mm -hmm. And so they're always feeling like they have to do something with the other person. They have to keep them company. And when we got together, I had been a bachelor for a while and I knew that I needed my space because I was just used to it. And you just gave it to me. And when you gave it to me and I knew that I could have it, I no longer needed it <laughs> uh -huh. know, just because I felt I was going to have to fight for it. And that brought up anxiety in me. Wow. And so when you just freely gave it, the anxiety just melted away. And I, you know, I, I don't really need it. I mean, you, you could tell when I need my space, sometimes if I'm in the kitchen, just processing, letting the day catch up with me and letting me catch up with the day, you'll walk in, take a look at me and just do 180 degree because uh -huh. you know that I need that time. And for me, knowing that I can have that time without someone saying, why aren't you with me? You know, I want to watch this TV program with, but just respecting that it just means the world to me. And you want to know what's the wildest thing? Mm -hmm. The way we maintain our autonomy is by not trying to control the other person. Yes. That's the real secret. Mm -hmm. That's the secret. When you told me about your need for space, I didn't try to negotiate that or manipulate you or feel threatened by that. Like, oh my God, he's going to need space. Well, I want you to text me every morning, noon and night, mm -hmm. and I need this and I need that and whatever. I was like, no, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. I mean, he needs space. Yeah. And that's something I can give him. I don't need to control you. I have enough work just to yeah. <laughs> working on me. And control comes from insecurity and anxiety. But that's the foundation of all of it, whether it's in dating mm -hmm. or it's in relationship. It's trying to control anything that's going on out there. And the minute you try to control this, you yeah. lose your autonomy. The moment that we stop trying to control, we let our anxiety melt and we're more in the moment. We could hear the voice of what you call our naked dater, yep. as opposed to the voice of the frenemy. When we're not in our anxiety, we can hear our better angels as opposed to those nagging voices, repeating old stories and just anchoring us down to past dark thoughts. So being in the present moment, not trying to control, noticing when we are reactive, all those things are the key. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we're interdependent and this is, wow, you know, I just think I... I remember hearing these concepts, these ideas, and when you're outside of it, looking in and thinking, God, how does that happen? How can two people be fully merged in a relationship and not lose their separate self, their self-identity, but still co-function? Do you know what I mean? Like co-create and co-function and still have that autonomous self. And this is the real art of having real guardian of your soul relationships is being able, I, I say to people, it's like the world's greatest trust fall. Yes. You know, when you just literally surrender completely, mm -hmm. it's like a death. Yeah. And I want to go back to the phrase that you just used and that we use in our course, the guardian of your soul. Mm -hmm. This is all about finding the guardian of your soul and being the guardian of someone else's soul. And when you're doing that, it's not about control. 
It's about protecting that and cherishing and nurturing that soul along that soul's journey. Not trying to say, oh, you're moving over in this direction and it's going to be away from me. And, you know, you're getting into this hobby or something. It's really about, that's wonderful. How can I support that? And that really nourishes the autonomy of both people. Yeah. Well, what was the phrase? So we have a, a wonderful client who just went through the most exquisite transformation, who was dating a guy that she really liked. And then he started pulling back and, you know, anybody's normal, you know, reaction to that is to get angry, to feel hurt, to feel victimized. And the beauty of working uh, with people like you and me uh, and staying engaged in that moment and knowing that this is your edge, that mm. this is where if she had done the old her mm. and shown up and been angry and said, you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you yeah. led me on and whatever could have happened there, which we've all done mm. when somebody doesn't want yeah. or isn't even able Maybe it's not even that they don't want whatever. There's timing, there's whatever. It's not lining up. And then we get so angry and victimized and hurt. And this awesome client who is so amazing, she called me and we talked and I explained to her how to show up, how to be when they talked. And she gave him, what did she say from Landmark Forum? She granted him the power of beingness or something. Do you remember the terminology? Not word for word. Okay. Well, what she did was she was a guardian of his soul yeah. in that mm -hmm. moment. Right. She was able to, to let go of control of wanting or feeling that he owed her anything and to be able to let go of her reactivity. And she just listened. Mm. She listened yes. without any agenda. Yeah. And she was able to, to hear him. Yeah. And then she said, I get it. I get that this isn't your time, mm -hmm. that it's not lining up, that yeah. you have a responsibility to your kids. Mm -hmm. And I want you to do that. Yeah. I want you to be there for your yeah. kids. I want to, you know, and she completely released him. Yeah. But what she got from that was extraordinary. Yeah. She let go of control and she chose to be a guardian of his mm -hmm. soul. Yeah. And both people left better mm -hmm. rather than wounded. Yeah. Rather than holding on to a hurt that may go into the next relationship and, and taint that. They both were elevated. Yeah. And, and it's what happens in our course. I mean, these are the kinds of breakthroughs and the kinds of things that happen. And what's wild is that so many of our clients are able to have relationships like this. Right. We're seeing it more and more and more. I think I sent you three or four messages today right, right. That, that came into my uh, inbox. Yeah. I, it's hard to take it in sometimes, yeah. right? But our women are learning how to maintain their autonomy and what that looks like and how to surrender control and step into their feminine greatness and attract guardian of their soul yeah. relationships. Yeah. yeah. All right, honey. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was a great topic. We never know where it goes. So um, this has been wonderful. Yeah. I love spending my Sundays yeah. like this with you. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And one day we're going to turn this all into a book. So 
Stay tuned. I'm Lisa Shield, and this is my wonderful husband, Benjamin Shield, who is so gracious to spend a little piece of his Sunday mornings with all of us like this. This is called Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. I teach a course called Emotionally Naked Dating. It's a 12-week life-changing program. It is earth-shattering. It unblocks my women and shows them a proven, beautiful roadmap for finding a guardian of their soul relationship. So if that excites you, if that's your dream for yourself and your life, then hop over to lisashield.com. You will find the link there to watch my free 45-minute presentation. And if you like what you hear, please stay to the very end because that is where you can sign up for a breakthrough call with me or a member of my team so we can show you how you can find your Benjamin. Please like and rate my podcast wherever you get it. And also go to YouTube. There's lots of videos and recordings there. So you can also like my YouTube channel. And if you have any suggestions for topics, then please send those to podcast at lisashield.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. And please tell everyone about this podcast. All right. Bye, babe. (laughs) Bye-bye.